Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. on the screen. We're back in our series, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. And uh, so going to continue on, and we're in John chapter 15, and, and uh, you'll see that the title of today's message is this. Are you ready? There are two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms, okay? And if you look on your notes, uh, or if you look, I don't know, if, if you can tell up here in the background of that, that screen, it's like they have, there's the picture, there's like these two kingdoms opposite each other. And it's true that they're opposite in their ideology, you know, and what they value and what they hold to, the norms and all that kind of thing, but not in separation. These two kingdoms, uh, both citizens live amongst each other and operate within each other. And you and I, we belong to one of those two kingdoms. Well, here, take a look at this verse. This is our key passage. I shouldn't say verse, our key passage here, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, there's one kingdom, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, there's the other kingdom, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So there are two kingdoms. You realize that? There are just two kingdoms. One kingdom is the domain of darkness, and the other kingdom belongs to Jesus Christ. And every single human being, every single one of us, we're part of the domain of darkness. You're like, huh, what? Yeah, we were on our way to hell. We deserved hell. We did. But God, but God. And he's the one, he pulled us out of the dark kingdom and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Now, I hope you realize that. Because if you do, then right now, you, if you're like, man, yeah, I'm in the kingdom of the beloved son, you should be, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. It's not something you earned. It's not something you merited in any way. God simply grabbed you and pulled you into his kingdom, kind of like when he grabbed Lot. Lot said, no, I'm staying. My family and I are staying here in Sodom and Gomorrah. It says they were grabbed and they were pulled out of the city, and it's kind of like that. And if you're poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit, you realize that's true. Well, with that, would you please open up to John chapter 15, verses 18 to 27, uh, that's what we're going to be reading today. And if you need a Bible, we've got Brian and Dave back there, and they're passing those out. Just raise your hand, if you, and that's a gift from us to you if you need a Bible, a pen, or some notes. They have that, too, if you're like, well, I didn't get any notes. Just raise your hand. They'll get you some notes or, and or a pen to, to, to go ahead and fill in the, the, the notes there. And uh, if you look up on the screen, you'll see the prayer for the day. 
And I'm just going to read it right now. Just read it. I'll pray it in a moment. But, you know, dear Lord God, thank you for transferring us to the kingdom of your beloved son. This world is not our home. We're simply passing through. Along the way, please help us not get distracted by all the things of the world. Remember that song we were singing? Um, I know that everything in this world is going to fade. Yeah. Help us not get distracted by those things that are going to fade. Help us to keep our hands open and empty so that we can receive what is truly good and experience your presence in our lives. A guy named Thomas Watson said, God, help me keep the pebbles out of my hand so I can ha- receive true gold. Help me keep the pebbles out of my hand so I can receive true gold. And that we can't let the world distract us, right, and get caught up with with that. That's, but that's next week's sermon. Here, let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray right here. Dear Lord God, thank you for transferring us to the kingdom of your beloved son. The world is not our home. We're simply passing through. This is so temporary. Lord, life is brief and unpredictable. Help us to realize that. And along the way, Lord, please help us not to get distracted by all the things of this world. Help us to keep our hands open and empty so that we can receive what is truly good, your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord. May we experience that presence wherever we go. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we read God's word? Would you please stand? By the way, pride can't live in God's presence. And so as you draw in and practice the presence of God, you chase that pride away. That's how you can find yourself being poor in spirit. So let's read John chapter 15. If the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If you remember, Jesus said that when he was washing their feet, as if to say, if I'm going to serve, you serve. But in this case, it means that you're going to experience what I experienced. If they persecuted me, They'll also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have, been, they would have not been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that's written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, teach our hearts what you want us to know today. Please, I pray in your name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. Thank you.
Let's get those notes ready. Let's get ready to write down some things that maybe the Holy Spirit speaks to you, not necessarily even what I say, but maybe while you're sitting there and we're reading through this, Spirit speaks something to you, and you're like, oh, i got to write that down. Well, before we jump into this, let's remember what was going on, okay? Jesus spoke these words to his disciples. He had taken them aside. It's not the crowds. It's not the fair. It's just his disciples. He had taken them aside. Judas isn't even there. And he's speaking to them privately. And he wants to prepare their hearts because he's getting ready to, to depart from them physic, you know, physically. His physical presence is going to, to go away. And he wants them to be prepared to function in this world without his physical presence. And so he's got some things that he wants to share with them, but these things that he's sharing with them are, of course, applicable to us, and we want to hear them and receive them, right? Right. So let's do that. So let's go ahead and go back through the passage. Let's make some observations. Take a look at verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. Well, why, why did the world hate Jesus? Well, because... He, in John 7, 7, it says he testified against the world that its works are evil. The, this world's evil. He testified to that, and, and that made those of the world angry. Look at verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Here, write this down. Here's a, here's, we're going to make a couple observations from this, but here's the first one. We human beings either belong to the kingdom known as the world or we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It's that simple. One or the other. They're just two kingdoms. So write that down. We human beings either belong to the kingdom known as the world or we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Told in scripture in James 4.4 that if you're friends with the world, you're enemies of God and vice versa. If you're Friends with God, you're an enemy of the world. So, so what is the world? Well, why is that? Well, take a look. D.A. Carson put it this way. Ready? I, I put this, this quotes on your notes there, too, so you can read it on the screen or write in your notes. The world is a society of rebels, rebels against God, and therefore finds it's, it hard to tolerate those who are in joyful allegiance to the king to whom all loyalty is due. So there's your world, your world system, the humanistic system around us. And the world tries to shove, a, shove us into its mold. Like, hey, be excited about fame. Be excited about having a fortune. Hey, run hard after pleasure. Get power. That's what the world's all about. And it tries to jam us into that mold. And you and I are not to be of that vein, of that mold. Instead, we're to move forward and realize that, man, I don't want to be distracted by the things of this world. I, I, want to, I want to be focused. I want to live above the noise and, and chase hard after the, after the one who really deserves my loyalty in my life. Well, let's acknowledge something here. I've, I've pointed to it already, but let's say it again. Every single human being, even you, at one time or another, was given over to the world. And you might be like, really? I don't remember that. I got saved as a child. Well, well, here, Ephesians 2, Paul puts it this way. Take a look. So you don't have to bounce there in your Bible. Just kind of look on this. It's up on the screen. And you were dead in the, trespass, in, in the trespasses and sins in which, which you once walked, following the course of this world, 
this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. We all were there at one time or another, in the living in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we're by nature, we were children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And then the next verse, verse four, what are the, what are the next two words? What are they? Come on, Mike, what are they? But God, but God. He intervened and he made the difference. He stopped that train from rolling in our lives. Look at, so here's our second observation. God chose to set his love on those who are his and transferred them over to his kingdom. God chose to set his love on those who are his and transferred them over to his kingdom. You're like, where do you get that? Well, we'll look at verse 19 again. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. If you're a citizen of heaven, this is your story too. Some would say, no, that's just for the disciples. No, this is our story too. Let's understand that. I just read Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. It's undeniable. All of us, all of us once lived in the other kingdom, and we needed Jesus to choose us out of the world, to take us out of that. And remember the opening passage? Look at Colossians 1, 13, 14. Look at, it, look at that again. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. That's where we were, and transferred us over to the kingdom of his beloved son, whom we have, we have redemption and now in the forgiveness of sins. He did it. By his mercy and grace, he took us out of the world and ushered us into his kingdom. And you know when he did this? He did this before the foundation of the world. Even before the foundation of the world, God loved you if you're his child. You say, what are you talking about? Here, look at this verse, Revelation 13, 8. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. And, and it is the beast. It's interesting. I, I don't want to get off on this, but it, the beast, it, er, a few verses back it says the beast will be given a mouth. Doesn't make sense, but when you start thinking about AI today and some of what's going on, it's a little bit interesting. To, but let, let's, not, let's not go there. Okay, let's back up. I, I wanted to point to that. But let's understand this. As it says here, and all who dwell on the earth will worship at the beast. Everyone, listen, whose name has not been written where or when, excuse me, not where, when, before the foundation of the world. You mean even before time began? Yes. Where? In the book of life of the lamb who was slain. What? You mean even before I did anything good or bad? Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit set their love on me? Yes. If you're a child of God, before the foundation of the world, God wrote your name in a book as if to say, this one is mine. They belong to me. This one I love. So God has chosen to set his love on those who are his 
and he's transferred them over to his kingdom. And, and why do you deserve that? Why? Uh, is it because of the, the things you've done or the things you believe or the way you look or the money you have or the car you drive or the family? No. Why do you deserve to enter into heaven? Because God. God, he loves me. He set his love on me. I'm his. It's the only reason I deserve to be here. Look at verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Here, write this down. Here's the third thing. Ready? When we're citizens of heaven, the life of Jesus will live in and through us. When we're citizens of heaven, the life of Jesus will live in and through us. We'll begin to resemble Jesus. Wow, you look a lot like, not just because maybe you have a beard and cool hair, but you'll really begin to look like Jesus. Man, this guy reminds me of Jesus the way he lives. And the world hates Jesus, so it's going to hate you. And remember, when we begin to do things that are wonderful and good and people are like, that was, wow, that's, that was awesome. Let's realize that's Jesus living through us, right? That's not us. That's him living in us, living through us, doing the work. So someday when we get rewards, God will say, here, here's, here, here are these rewards. We'll say, well, like these crowns, we'll just no, we'll cast, no. No, 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 this is yours. It's not mine. I don't deserve any of it. That was you doing the work through me. That song we sang, you know. When I see your face, I wish I have given more away. Because, and, and, and we'll realize it wasn't all about us. What an honor it is to cast down these crowns. It's not us, it was you. So know this, we're gonna also experience the same persecution that Jesus faced. We are. People will respond to our words in the same way they responded to his. Either they'll reject or they'll receive. They will. And so we need to be ready for that. Matthew 5.10, I talked about the Beatitudes. You know, most of the, most of the Beatitudes are things that you're like, man, I I. I hope that that's evident in my life, and I want that in my life. But then the last beatitude, it's really not one you hope for or want in your life. Here it is. It's Matthew 5.10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Yeah, I I want persecution, right? No, 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 no. But let's understand, if you and I are going to live like Jesus, we're going to face it. So if you're receiving persecution from maybe family members, man, will you be quiet with that? You have your own philosophy. I've got mine. Just stop. Maybe friends. Uh, I used to like hanging out with you, but not anymore. You and that Jesus stuff, that's not for me. Coworkers, why don't you shut up? Maybe you're called a few choice names. I've had that. Being a Christian in Hawaii, where they hold to Hawaiiana, which is animism, doesn't go over real well. Well, if that's happening to you, you can find comfort in that because that's evidence that Christ is freely living in and through you. 
Thank you, Jesus. You are living in me and through me. Thank you. And as for those who persecute us in the world, we've got to have pity for them, pities, some sense of pity for them because they don't know God and they've yet to experience his love. That's what Jesus reveals in verse 21. Look at verse 21. But all these things they will do on account of my name because they don't know him who sent me. They don't know him. And only God knows if they ever will, right? Only God knows. So our hearts, though we, we, we keep on speaking. Only God knows. So we just keep on speaking. We keep on sharing. We keep on testifying. And Well, here, look at verses 22 to 24 now. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. And if I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. Write this down, number four. The more truth that we humans receive from the Lord, the more responsible we are to respond to the truth revealed. The more truth that we humans receive from the Lord, the more responsible we are to respond to the truth revealed. The more light you get, the more God's gonna expect of you. I remember John Rebel. We were like, hey, John, we're gonna do a men's thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. This other guy's gonna teach us how to drywall. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I wanna be held accountable for knowing that information. (laughs) The more truth we receive, the more responsible we are. So let's be aware of that. And these religious leaders who rejected Christ's words and his works, both his words and his works, they were left without excuse. They couldn't stand before God and say, we didn't know. We were ignorant of the, no, on judgment day, they will be held accountable. And their refusal to receive and believe wasn't a surprise to God, not at all. I mean, and it, take a look. He says this in, in verse 25, but the word that is written in their law, he doesn't say my law, isn't that interesting? He says their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. And that, that comes from the passage on, uh, regarding the Messiah, Psalm 69, verse 4. Psalm 69, verse 4, it says, you know, the Messiah is there, and it's talking about how they hated the Messiah without cause. So here are these, the irony of that, that these Pharisees are like, yeah, we love the word, but then here they are doing what it says. They're going to hate Jesus, the Messiah, without cause. How did they miss that? And those who love Christ, they desire to keep his commandments, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said. They desire to keep his commandments, and we understand that he wants us to keep on witnessing, to keep on spreading the truth. We talked about this last week, the Great Commission, that charge that was given to Daniel and Sarah and to Nick and Lisa. And We'll take a look, though, verse 26 and 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he'll bear witness about me, And you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. So write this down, number five. Jesus desires that we continue to reveal his truth to those in the world 
through the help of his Holy Spirit. We don't just write the world off and say, oh, those people are on their way to hell and I don't care. We don't know who the children of God are, who the believers are. We're, our job is just to go out and continue to keep preaching the truth, sharing the gospel so that people will receive. And we're not alone in that. We're not alone in that. We have the helper with us. And, and he's mentioned here, he's understood in two ways, right? Helper, comforter. So he's the helper, comforter. God, what do I say? I remember one time I was, there was a group of teens. I had been a youth pastor for six years, but there was a group of teens I was going to talk to, and my knees were shaking and rocking, and I was like, what? help me, Holy Spirit, help me. And he helped me cross the room and go over and talk to them. And so he comforts us in that. Or if we are persecuted, when we're called, you know, whatever we're called. And, and you know, I still remember that time. I, I, I don't know what I said, but I triggered this one woman. Boy, she went off, man. And she's big into that, like I said, that Hawaiiana thing, animism and all that, and rocks and trees have spirits and all that. So anyway, she went off on me, and I was like, oh, wow, help me, Holy Spirit, help me. Or every Sunday when I go to speak, get up here to testify, help me, Holy Spirit, I need you, Holy Spirit. So he's that comforter, that helper, that counselor. And then he's the spirit of truth. Man, he gives us the truth. This is what you say. This is what you speak. Here's where, here's where we want to focus, laser focus, as to what the world needs to hear, what people need to embrace. And as we discussed last week, we've been given a great commission. It's ours to fulfill. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit living in us to comfort us and to help us as we go, right? Right? Well, in closing, let's note that, the, as I said, that the distinguishing characteristics of a person who belongs to the kingdom of heaven are found in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going through that with a couple guys now, uh, uh, and we're get, I'm excited about it. As you can tell, I, I've, the, there's a book by Colin Smith. It's called, uh, oh, what's it called? What's it called? Momentum, thank you, Brent, and it, momentum, and I've, I've been going through that. I, I've, I've, I've been through it two or three times. I'm going through it again, and it's just like loving it, and, and in there he talks about how uh, truly it's not what we believe. It's not simply what we do. It's these characteristics that authenticate our Christianity. So it's not like, oh, well, I better work hard at being poor in spirit. No, no, no. Either you're poor in spirit or you're not. If you're of the world, you're not poor in spirit. If you're of Christ, you are. Paul, his name prior was, I want to be Saul, ambition. But then he said, you know what? Uh, when Christ got a hold of him, he said, call me Paul. That means, you know what Paul means? Little, little. I, I'm going to stay under the radar, man. And so look at this scripture here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's really cool is it doesn't say, you know, theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. It says theirs, ready, is, present tense. If you're a believer, the kingdom of heaven is yours right now. And what's the best part about the kingdom of heaven? Is it uh, being able to go hug a bear and not get eaten or <laughs> streets of gold? I don't, or no, the best part about heaven is is, uh, oh, by the way, Wendy told me that. She goes, you know, the bear's your spirit animal, you know, honey. I said, really, why is that? She goes, because you're cute and cuddly, but, man, I poked the bear wrong. I better watch out. 
She loves me anyways, don't you, dear? I love you too. All right, but anyway, back to this, back to the what really counts here. All right, here we go. <laughs> it's present tense, folks. And what's the best part of heaven? His presence, God's presence. And when you and I are poor in spirit, when we're humble, heaven is ours here and now. Some people are going to love it. Some, for some people, it's the fragrance of life. <gasps> That's heaven. I want that. And for some people, it's a fragrance of death. What is that? Get rid of that. Destroy that. So God's presence in our lives is going to draw some and others. It's going to repel them. And we have to be ready for that if we're truly believers. Look at this, too. Just the thought of that, that blessed are the poor in spirit, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This kind of is a verse that just goes with Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the one who's high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. That's where God dwells. But where else does he live? And also with him who's Paul, contrite and low of spirit. Hmm. You and I can have God's presence wherever we go. We're of another kingdom, living in a kingdom that's hostile toward the one who lives in us. And so there's going to be conflict. There is. There's going to be conflict. But thank God that we have his life within. We have his presence walking with us to guide us and to lead us and to comfort us and to care for us as we go. Amen to that. Amen to that. 